welcome back to another episode of Dear Fellow Black Single Mom. I am your host, Cass, and this is episode six, guys. Like, I cannot believe that I've made it this far, and I'm very thankful to those of you who are coming back every single week, and as well as those of you who are new and discovering the podcast for the very first time. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for the support. Thank you for my new Instagram followers. I have an Instagram page and I know I haven't posted anything yet, but I promise you guys this week it's going to get done and I'm going to be coming up with a schedule to make sure that I'm posting content on there and posting good content on there, helpful content on there. Um, But like I mentioned before, like social media just really isn't my thing but I want to have another way to connect with you all so please follow me at dear fellow black single mom on Instagram and also please also feel free to send me an email if you want to communicate that way at dear fellow mom dear fellow black single mom at gmail.com and all right without further ado let's jump into this week's episode last week I talked about getting back together with my son's father and what was happening during that time and also how I was feeling and this week is going to be about delivering my son and everything that happened leading up to that point so now we're on my due date it's August 17th and that was the day that I was supposed to deliver so it was a Friday and it was also it had been a week since I had started my maternity leave and so at that point I was pretty exhausted um I really wanted my son to come out but the day came and I felt no contractions I felt no water breaking, like there was no action, no changes whatsoever. So I call my OBGYN and she tells me that if within a week nothing happens, then they'll induce my labor. So I'm like, all right, so for sure within the next week, I will be, you know, delivering my son at some point. So I was also at that point thankful that I carried to term because that was something that I really wanted to do because I really wanted to make sure that my son was healthy and as much as possible, you know, uh, fully developed. And so even though I was kind of like, man, I want this baby to get out of my stomach, I'm still very thankful that I made it to this point. And, um, you know, there were just a lot of things that I missed (laughs) at that point in my pregnancy. You know, I missed being able to sleep on my back, on my front. I missed being able to bend down. I missed being able to put my shoes on, to paint my toenails, to shave my legs easily. Like those little things that you don't really think about when you're able to do them. I, by this point, I really missed doing them and so that weekend came and went and again nothing really happened with my body there were no changes there was nothing that was indicating that I was going into labor so then Monday evening happens and I start to feel water dripping from my vagina and I'm gonna say that word 
a lot in this episode, so get used to it. But I start to feel some water dripping. And it's not like this big splash of water, like what they make it seem like in the movies. Like when your water breaks, it's just like a gush of water coming out of your vagina all at once. It was just a water dripping. And I was kind of expecting my water to break like that, like a big gush of water. So because it was just like, water dripping I didn't think too much of it I was just like okay well this is different this hasn't happened to me before so I just put on a pad and went about the rest of my evening then around like nine o'clock I would say I started to feel some cramping and I was like okay now this is different but it kind of feels like the cramps that I would used to get when I had my period so it didn't bother me to me bother me too much I was like I don't feel like I'm having contractions yet because I would imagine that they're more painful than this so again I was alert that okay there's some changes happening in my body but nothing to the point where I feel like I need to go to the hospital so I didn't go to the hospital that night but as I was sleeping like there was still the dripping of the water and the cramps but the cramps did not intensify so the next morning um my mother is like okay we need to go to the hospital she insists and I'm like I don't feel any different I'm still dripping water but I don't feel any different my cramps haven't intensified or anything like that but I guess we'll go and I was hesitant to go to the hospital because during my birthing class they really stress like if you're not having contractions and they're not this far apart and they're not lasting a certain amount of time. I forget what it was uh, exactly. I think it was like 511 contractions like every five minutes lasting for a minute or some sort of formula like that. Don't take my word for it, but there is a formula. And they're like, if you're not having this this way, then don't come because we will send you back. And because I moved back to my parents' house, the hospital that I was going to for my checkups and exams was now like over an hour away with traffic. Without traffic, it was like 30 minutes away. But most of the day, unless you're traveling, you know, late at night, there's traffic on the highway. So I was like, well, I don't want to go to the hospital and then be told that I have to come back because I'm not in labor. But at that point, I was like, okay, it's been like 12 hours and there hasn't really been any changes, but clearly something is happening with my body. So I go, I get ready, and uh, my son's father is there as well because at that point, he was basically living with me and my parents. So we, he and I and my mother drive into the city to go to the hospital and it did, it did take over an hour to get there, but once you get there, I think it's probably like afternoon, early afternoon at that point. So I get there, I tell them what's going on, my symptoms, and surprisingly, they check me in, even though I wasn't really having contractions because I guess my water had broken. 
it had been broken for over 12 hour period they were like okay we're gonna check you in anyways and they checked my cervix and at that point i think i was three centimeters dilated so they decided that they were going to induce my labor by giving me some pills and i'm the kind of person who i have a very serious fear of taking pills i've been this way ever since i was like a teenager i don't know what it is so i struggle with taking pills but thankfully these pills were tiny 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 the smallest pill i've ever seen so it was really easy for me to to take them so after they check me and give me the pill i basically spend the rest of the afternoon just chilling in my delivery room and it doesn't feel real you know my mother's there uh, one of my aunts comes to the hospital as well and um, one of my very good friends who is my son's godmother was there and my cousins come so people come and they visit me during that day the first day that I was checked in and you know we're talking we're laughing we're joking like the mood is light you know the mood is happy and I was still really nervous but I was thankful that there were all these distractions and as the day progresses they keep checking my cervix and no movement even though they've induced my labor no movement and so I'm like okay well it's gonna happen within the next 24 hours it has to happen so you know let me not you know worry about it and um they had pads attached to my stomach so they could see the contractions and it was interesting because i didn't really feel contractions i felt cramps but apparently even though i couldn't feel the contractions the contractions were happening and that's what the pads were picking up so I was like, oh, that's really interesting when the doctor um, explained that to me. So then 8 p.m. hit, ladies and gents. And that is when I really started to feel the contractions. That is when I really noticed a change. And it truly felt like a bomb had just been set off in my stomach I kid you not and I it was just like one big pain and I just screamed out I started crying like that's how painful it was and I was like somebody get me a nurse because I need an epidural and I need all of the medicine that you have whatever you have to make this kind of pain go away because I do not want to feel this kind of pain ever again and so they came and I don't even remember what the epidural looked like. Like I was just in so much pain. I couldn't really focus on anything other than the amount of pain that I was feeling. And they came, they gave me the epidural the first time. And I wait for the epidural to kick in. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I'm like, why am I not feeling better? Why am I still feeling a lot of pain? So I call the nurse back. And I asked her to give me another boost of epidural. And they were like very surprised. Like, are you sure? We just gave you one. And I'm like, girl, yes, I'm still in pain. I do not want to feel pain. 
give me more. So they give me another dose. And I think I, even after that, I still felt pain. So they gave me at least one more dose. After that, they were not able to give me more doses, but I was still in a lot of pain and I did not sleep at all. And by that point, when I first felt the first like very painful contraction, it was 8 p.m. So there, all the visitors had to leave. And I think only my son's godmother was there at the time. So she ended up leaving around then. And um, I, it was a very long night because I could not sleep. I was exhausted because technically I had been in labor for already like 12 hours, over 12 hours, or actually 24 hours, over 24 hours. And now I was in a lot of pain and, you know, hospital rooms are so cold and they're also, the beds are very uncomfortable. So I was miserable. I was very miserable at this time. I remember thinking like, Lord, I just want this to be over. Please get this baby out of my body. Like not feeling good. So after a very restless night, you know, they check me every couple of hours and I'm still not dilated. So by the morning time, I think it's probably like six, they come and they check me and I'm six centimeters dilated. And I'm like, oh great, that's progress, but I'm still nowhere near where I need to be in order to actually deliver my son. And so I'm at this point frustrated because I'm still in pain so I asked for more epidurals and they gave me another I think they gave me like two more and then a couple of hours passed by and by this point it's like 11 a.m and by this point it's also Wednesday so my water broke Monday went to the hospital Tuesday now it's Wednesday have already had one night in the hospital and the doctor comes in to check my cervix again and I'm thinking she's going to tell me that it's still not time because that's all I've been hearing for you know the last 24 hours and to my surprise she's like you are nine centimeters dilated it's go time so I went from like waiting and waiting and waiting to all of a sudden having to give birth and I was like wait what what do I do like who how do I you know how do I go about this and you know she's telling me I gotta push on the contraction and at first I didn't quite get it so we were practicing but then I started to get it and after a little bit of coaching it was basically go time and my son's father was there and you know by that point I had decided to let him be in the delivery room so he was the only person who was actually in the room with me and he was coaching me and I think it probably took an hour and a half but I eventually did deliver my son and it was weird because I remember having I had gotten another epidural shot. Like I, I think I probably had gotten like six or seven. I kid you not, because I was still in so much pain. And it was weird because as I am pushing, I'm still feeling the contractions on half of my body. 
which made no sense to me. I'm like, how is it that half of my body is numb and I don't feel anything, but the other half, I feel everything. Made no sense, but I was like, you know what? I can't stop. Like, this baby is coming. I'm just going to have to push through the pain. So I did feel half of the pain while I was pushing out my son. I was extremely nervous, too, because I was like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. And I want to make sure that he, you know, he's safe and he has a safe passage and everything. So eventually... I hear a baby crying and it's my son and I see little glimpses of him and I'm looking around like, oh my goodness, where is he? And I also was in complete shock and I was relieved. I was relieved like, okay, this part is over. I've been so nervous about giving birth and fear of like the pain and how long it takes and now the moment has finally happened has passed but I was also like in shock like oh my goodness my son is here and then they a couple minutes later you know they clean him off make sure he's good they check him and then they put him on my chest and I look down at his little face you know it's all puffy and he is sucking his thumb and I have a picture in my phone of this moment and I'm just like I'm in a daze that's really the only word I can use like I was in such shock that he was here and once he was on my on my body on my chest like I didn't feel any pain I didn't feel anything but I did kind of feel like I was in that room a little bit longer than I should have been and I later discovered that that was true so basically I later found out that I had second degree tears from the vaginal delivery and I was thankful that I had a vaginal delivery because I really didn't want to do a c-section but I had had second degree tears and I had lost a lot of blood so they had to give me a blood transfusion and they had to stitch me up. So I was in there for like an additional like three hours, I kid you not, in the delivery room, which was longer than I should have been. But because there were complications, I had to be there a little bit longer. And there were a lot of doctors. Like I remember there being at least 10 additional like doctors and nurses and I was like, this seems like a little bit much but then I found out why it's because I had I lost a lot of blood and their the stitching um took a little bit longer than they had expected so that's why there was a lot of people there but you know in the moment I didn't know any of this was going on and honestly if they had told me I probably wouldn't remember because I was in such shock that my son was there so after they stitched me up they send me to the postpartum floor and a lactation, lactation nurse comes in to help me breastfeed my son because they're like, he's hungry and they're showing me how to do it and he latches on easily and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so easy breastfeeding my son. huh? Little did I know, but it was the first time, so of course everything worked out perfectly the first time so I'm breastfeeding him and it's just me and the baby and eventually um, his father comes into the room and 
I'm still in a shock and in a daze at that point because I'm like, wow, my son is really here and I'm holding him. And I was also very afraid. I remember those early days kind of being afraid because I really hadn't had any experience with a baby, holding a baby, cleaning a baby, feeding a baby, taking care of a baby. So I was very afraid that I was going to break my son or do something um to harm him so I was like very very careful and um I didn't want to do too much so a lot of the times I kind of just looked at him as he was in his little crib hospital crib and um later on you know there were some people who came and visited me and I told them about you know the last couple of days and what had been going on and how the delivery went and you know it was nice to have people though like close people be there and you know share that special moment and celebrate the new birth and just have everybody be so excited you know that my son was there and I was also thankful for their support you know people were asking if I needed anything if they could get me something and things like that so I was thankful, but then once everybody left that first night, like, it hit me, like, you are officially a mom, and from that moment on, um, it really, it was kind of just us and the baby, you know, me, my son's father, and my son, and getting to know this new life, and getting to know you know, or getting to learn how to take care of this new life, of this new person. And I really was really nervous about the whole thing. And I, again, uh, looking back on the experience, I wish I would have used the nurses more to get sleep because I really didn't sleep um, that first couple of weeks, even when I was in the hospital, like, my son I discovered was a cluster feeder. So he wasn't one of those babies who would feed every two or three hours. He wanted to be fed like round the clock almost every 30 minutes. And that was the first kind of struggle that I faced. And when I was trying to feed him, he was having a hard time latching on to my nipple and so there were a lot of times where I would have to call on the nurses to come and help me to position him the right way and it made me feel very insecure about my ability to take care of my son because I'm like this is something that I was born to do and I should be able to do yet I can't even like feed my own son so I was really down about that I was also, I found out, in a lot of pain after because of the second degree tears, and I also had hemorrhoids, which are really, really painful. So everything was difficult. Getting up to go to the bathroom was difficult. Taking a shower was difficult. And I'm like, how am I supposed to take care of my son when I feel so handicapped in some ways? Like, I I feel like I can't even navigate or move around the way I would want to so I was in my feelings those first couple days in the hospital like I as happy as I was that my son was there I really did feel inadequate and I felt very 
um, just very insecure in my ability to take care of my son. And um, I also, it turned out, I had a fever. And so because I had a fever, they wanted to keep me a couple of additional days in the hospital. And they also wanted to keep watch over my son for a couple of days because they didn't want they wanted to make sure that whatever I had didn't transfer over to my son and it turned out like I didn't really have anything I just had a fever for whatever reason so thankfully everything was fine there but we did have to stay at the hospital for six nights and usually it's three nights so you know those couple of nights were um they were rough I did appreciate the hospital food like we did eat a lot of hospital food but I definitely did struggle with just my ability feeling like I was able to take care of my son and and questioning like am I going to be a good mother if I'm you know continuing to struggle with breastfeeding and it's really not something I talk to you about but like it really is um for some some women it is a challenge um and there's a lot more that goes into it I think a lot of women make it seem like it's so easy at least in the movies they make it seem like it's so easy to breastfeed but it is like something that has to be taught or that you have to learn as a mother and your baby also has to learn and you know, there are different types of feeders, and my son, like I mentioned, was a cluster feeder, so there was a lot that I didn't expect with that experience, and also just the fact that breastfeeding is painful, and you can get blisters on your nipple and bleeding, and I was just like, man, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. So those first couple of days, those were some of the things that I was dealing with, but that Monday morning, um, we had been given clearance to go home. So that day, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a shower and get ready and just like, you know, try to just not be in my feelings today and, and enjoy like these last couple of moments of the hospital and like just, you know have some self-care me time. So I took a shower and thankfully I packed like a really nice outfit to go home in. And so I put that outfit and did my hair and just took a moment to myself because the last couple of days I had really, hadn't really had the chance to do that because I was like around the clock cluster feeding my son, breastfeeding my son because he was a cluster feeder. And I was also dealing with like the pain and taking all this medication and all this stuff so it was like I hadn't really taken a moment to just like take care of my body my physical body and my outer appearance and so just doing that boosted my mood so much and I packed our things and got everything together and then my son's father went and got the car seat because you have to make sure that the hospital has to make sure you have a car seat before they actually let you go and take your baby home. And once they checked us out, it was real. And um, my son's father like went and got my car and we drove back to my parents' house. And 
you know, on the ride there, my son was crying. So I sat in the back of the seat and just to like soothe him and make him feel better. And eventually he did fall asleep. And I just remember feeling like, wow, nothing is ever going to be the same. You know, like now the real work begins. The journey has truly begun. Like my son is here and I got to take care of him. And yeah, like it, I was still, I guess, in shock (laughs) about the whole thing. And so we get to the house and everything really starts to sink in. And I was, of course, really excited that we were finally going to become a family because at the time, um, something that I forgot to mention earlier that day, my son's father had given me a promise ring and it wasn't an engagement ring. It was a promise ring and basically promising that, you know, from here on out, things would be better, things would be different. And that one day we truly would be, you know, married and buy a home and all these things. Cause we had been, you know, talking about the future in the days prior and, it made me really excited. Like it gave me hope. And so that was one of the things that I was thinking about on the ride back to the house was like, wow, like now we're really a family. Like my son is here. I have this promise ring. And, you know, that gave me hope that everything would work out. Like even though I was feeling really insecure about my abilities as a mother, I was like, you know what? Everything is going to work out like at the very least like at least you know my son's father is here and he's involved and we're back together and everything is just gonna work out and that was where I was at the end of my uh, hospital stay so that is that with y'all thank you so much for listening I know that was a lot I feel like I was kind of like all over the place with that but I hope you guys take something away from that and um I also just want to mention like for my fellow black single moms out there just make sure when you're in the hospital that you advocate for yourself and you advocate for your needs because sometimes doctors do not take us seriously they don't take our concerns seriously so make sure when you're searching for an OB that you find some place where you feel like, okay, these people, this, you know, healthcare team, like they listen to their patients, no matter their race or ethnicity, they listen to them and they take their needs and concerns seriously. Because I think the statistic is that we're three times more likely to die than our white counterparts during childbirth or after childbirth from complications from childbirth so just make sure that you advocate for yourself and don't feel bad for advocating for yourself because there's a lot of uh, bias in the healthcare system unfortunately and so these are some of the things that we have to think about when we are choosing like where do we want to give birth who do we want you know to be a part of our team so I just wanted to mention that and throw that out there 
And yeah, y'all have a good week. I'll check you out in the next episode. Peace.